Yep, drugs are dr- drugs are very bad for you. Okay. Okay. Especially the mar- marijuana. It's a gateway drug. Yep. Okay, I just, I, just, I just found where you you chastised me because it had been seven minutes after when I after I said five minutes. <laughs> and it had been eight minutes when you said that, so you weren't even correct. <laughs> I was giving you I was giving you a break. Giving you a sixty second break. Yeah. yeah. And you still failed. Little grace period. You got a one minute grace period, you still couldn't get here. What's your problem? Yep. The fuck, man. Gonna have to have an intervention for this drug crap before the podcast. None of this can go in the show because people are gonna believe it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> At least one person will be like, I didn't know he does. At least drugs. one person will be like, John's doing drugs. A lot of them. That explains why he likes to argue with people about numbers on the internet all the time. <laughs> Sitting there doing coke and like got all the numbers patched up on his wall next to his fucking brick brick stove. He just gets real and there will be oven. people who will be like, there's no way John even knows what drugs are <laughs> because he's a nerd. Like, all he knows is math. <laughs> that's, that's very, I think that's even more likely. <laughs> John wouldn't know a he drug if it walked up at him drugs. in the face. <laughs> Let's go! Newton has to the play action fakes. It's a pass in the zone. Yes, touchdown to Greg Olson. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. I think the show on the road then. Let's do it. I think we already are doing it. Let's rock and roll. This is the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian joined by Brad and John. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, Brian. Thanks for asking. How are you, Brian? No problem. I'm good. I'm definitely not doing drugs right now. Um, Why would you be? That's that's a random thing to yeah, say. Brian. Because Dare taught me not to do that. It's a random. So of course I wouldn't. A, that's a random thing to say, Brian. Yeah, no context whatsoever. You're, you're gonna you're gonna fuck me over and take that out of the cold <laughs> open, aren't you? You son of a bitch. <laughs> he wasn't gonna put it in there. <laughs> I thought the second half would be fine, though. <laughs> we'll see when I listen back. We'll see. <laughs> Oh, okay. See, I, I see what's going on here. John is okay with Brian being the drug user, but not John. Correct. <laughs> I work in the investment field. I've seen the Wolf of Wall Street. It is more believable. Yeah, so. yeah. I have a squeaky clean image to maintain here. I didn't know you had an image, so sque- that's, it, that's a shock. I do, and it's squeaky clean. Uh-huh. Squeaky clean and non-existent are not the same thing, just so you know. Uh, kind of. <laughs> okay. Brad, how are you doing tonight? I am wonderful, Brian. How are you? Definitely sober, 100%. Hanging out here after this Lions game that totally doesn't make me want to do drugs. Um, so let's talk about that. And not not drugs, I mean the Lions. Um, so the Panthers lost. Shock. I don't think any of us are shocked by that, by the way, at this point. I, I'm. Was anybody shocked I, that they I'm lost? A little surpri- I'm a little surprised, no. but... Not that surprised. Like, 
Yeah. No, I'm not Well, I went in with all. an expectation that the Panthers were going to win. So when they didn't win, I was like, well, that wasn't what I expected. But it wasn't like, wow, I can't believe the Panthers would lay an egg on the road. I think it's a bad team. If you know what I mean. Right. It was like, yeah, not expected, but not shocking. Yeah, I think, like, I'm kind of numb to it after just the way this stupid season has gone. And, of course, they came out and went and made that first drive look really good and really promising. We all know how that goes to the Carolina Panthers when they're playing important games. They'll uh, start the game off really all all cylinders firing, score a touchdown, and then just fall apart after that. Yeah, I'm sure I can name I on two hands. And, yeah, I'm, I can name on two hands probably the number of times that I've seen that happen with this stupid team. So, the 2008 <laughs> divisional round, for example, that, that's one of those. Last week against the Steelers. The last week with the Steelers. It's like a carbon copy of the the Steelers of the game on uh yeah for a while. Like we did, the defense wasn't as terrible, which there's no way they could be as terrible, especially and the Lions are significantly worse than the Steelers. Um, I think relative to the competition, they're just as terrible. So it's basically the same game. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> one thing people are overlooking. If if Detroit were any better than they actually are, this isn't a twenty to nineteen loss. It's like. 42 to 19 it was, like it's i've seen i remember if it was you brad or like billy or somebody in our slack chat was like uh this is the exact same game that we played against the steelers just the lines aren't as good as the steelers i think that might have been billy but i'm gonna take credit for it because that sounds smart yes it was definitely you. yeah it's actually true though i mean you know if it wasn't for the fact that carry on johnson got hurt I mean, they would have probably scored at least two more touchdowns. He he was on pace for anywhere between 150 and 200 yards. They they absolutely had no intentions of tackling him at all. And, you know, him getting hurt early in the second half, that that's the only thing that kept the game close. There was one play where they, like, they tossed it to LeGarrette Blunt and Luke Keekley ran him down. And I remember thinking, if that's on Johnson, he's still running. Like, right now, I'm saying that as of right now, on Johnson is still running. But LeGarrette Blunt at this point in his career it runs like a 5-2-40, so the defense is able to get out there. But there was just acres of space for Blunt to run to. He was not terribly slow. Yeah, aside from uh, Carrion Johnson, who ran for 15 carries for 87 yards and a 5.8 average, the Lions handed it to two other running backs who had a solid eight carries for one yard. Pretty good. Well, well yeah, uh, Legarrette Blunt. Is, well, Theoretic's never been a good runner, and Legarrette Blunt. No, he's the he's the pass catcher out of the backfield. I don't even know why they hand off the and ball Legarrette to Blunt's him. Really bad at this point. Like I think he was averaging like two point something yard carry coming into the game. So so slowing him down is by no means a noteworthy achievement. <laughs> he slows himself down at this point. Uh... The other thing that kind of pissed me off is that the pass rush didn't really show up either. I mean, we that's not really surprising at this point in the NFL season, but Julius Peppers had the team's only sack, and he's 45 years old. I think we're at the point where we have to say we don't actually have a pass rush because we've said, you know, at least the last three or four times we've done this show that the pass rush, rush didn't show up. So it's it's getting to the point where we don't even have one. Like it's going to be a surprise 
if they do show up. Right. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because, like you said, Julius Peppers is is 52 years old or, um, you know, they're just not good enough. Um, Dontari Poe has been invisible, which is almost impossible considering he weighs 605 pounds. Um, Mario Addison hasn't been himself. Kwan Short has been invisible. It's just the whole front seven has been non-existent. And I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's. They aren't buying in. I don't know if it's the coaching problem. I don't know if it's a talent problem. I, I don't know. Like it's it's odd. You know, we we're not used to seeing that kind of problem with with this team. It doesn't it's help. Wild. Oh, Sorry, it's it's wild that, like I showed you guys, we talked about those stats where the the Panthers' pass rush rating is really good on that based on that ESPN stat. So I don't know if it just like. We're getting one pass rusher free consistently, but everybody else is so bad that it's easy for quarterbacks to maneuver away from it. Or if just the the way we cover on the back end is giving quarterbacks easy outlets whenever someone does start to get to the backfield. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, it looks like all you have to do to be a quarterback and beat us is to just find your first your first read, and if he's there, just throw it. Like He's going to catch it because he's going to have – at least five or six yards of space because for whatever reason, our corners will not play press man to, to save their lives for no reason at all. They, they give those 10 to 12 yard cushions every snap and it's, you know, five yards at a time. It doesn't take that long to matriculate the ball down the field and score. Uh, and I think John, I think you said this in the Slack chat a couple of days ago, uh, Bend but don't break defense is great if you're good at stopping them from actually scoring when they get into the red zone. The Panthers, however, are not. And it's they're one of the worst red zone defenses in the league. And at this point, it's like, you know, let's maybe, I don't know, try something different because what we've been doing clearly isn't working because I think that Rutgers University could probably hang 30 points on, on this defense. I did right say now. that. Thank you for giving me credit. Well, another thing that I noticed when I was rewatching the game was that they also make Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis play like 10 yards off the line of scrimmage at linebacker. So there's like nobody, there's nobody there underneath for like those five to six yard routes. Like, I don't understand how you expect. I, gr- I get it. Luke Keekley's good. But like, how can you expect him to do to cover that and cover behind him for the deep middle? Like, that's just too much to put on those guys. Yeah, and plus, you know, yeah, the fact that everybody gets free releases, fucking tight ends get free releases as if it's like as if it's going out of fucking style against this defense, like uh, drives me yeah, nuts. Yeah, I don't mind like the back and off, it's just that we do it so consistently that it's easy to uh, prepare for <clears throat> on a play-to-play basis and then also we don't attack after we do spot drop and it's part of the reason we give up so much run right after the catch, like at least we did on Sunday, because we're, we're so far away from people when they catch the ball that we're, we have a lot of ground to, to cover when we tackle them. Yep. Yeah, they have two or three yards to, to get their feet set and make a move, and there's very few NFL-quality players that can't take advantage of that situation. Like, you, you know, you don't have to be, you know, Greg Olson, where he just catches the ball and immediately goes down. Um, you know, when you have that much space, you're going to get yards after the catch. 
pretty much every single time. Yep. And the other issue, too, for me that I've been seeing consistently at this point is Bradbury is almost always like in what I would call good coverage when the ball gets thrown out. But he has to cover a lot of space just to get to the catch point. And by then, if he's playing a solid receiver, they catch it almost every time. They they may not go very far afterwards if he's like all over them, but like they he has to cover so much space and it's not like he's fast or not fast as far as corners go. I just don't understand it. Like you have two pretty good physical corners that you just refuse to let press. Like it's just stupid. Yeah. Like Bradbury got clowned on Sunday too. I don't remember which receiver it was. Galladay I think it was Galladay that yeah. basically took the ball out of his hands. Like yeah. he had an interception and Galladay just took it. Galladay is very good at that though, so I'm not. He is. He is it. very good. Yes. Yeah, Galladay is amazing at at catch point. Um, I'm thinking about the defense. One more before we move on to anything else. I know the talent isn't like otherworldly, but I feel like we've had good defenses with less talent. Like linebackers are still in Florence. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Rushes. We've we've had better defenses with less talent. I know the pass rush isn't hasn't been as good as we've had in the past, but the secondary should be better than we've ever had, or at least in recent memory. And then the linebackers are still the best in the NFL, and the defensive tackles theoretically should be one of the better groups in the NFL. That should be enough to have like to not be hemorrhaging yards and, and points over a several week stretch. Yeah. Well, like that's we, kind of how the NFL I mean, is going let's, nowadays. Let's just, let's just look back at the, at the most successful season we've ever had. We went to the Super Bowl with Charles Tillman, Josh Norman, Roman Harper, and Kirk Coleman as our starting secondary. I mean, Charles Tillman is great, but he was basically playing on his last leg, literally, because he got hurt. Um, Roman Harper is like 75 years old. Kirk Coleman isn't very good. Uh, you know, we had backup players in the secondary, like um, Finnegan, Robert McLean, Cortland Finnegan. We we brought four. We brought Cortland Finnegan in off the street um, because we were McClain. desperate. And Robert McLean. Um, we had like you know we, we had Teddy Allen. Williams. Yeah, we had Jared Allen. Um, it's we we were good. We weren't like. The, the 2000 Ravens defense, but we weren't awful. And it's mostly the same guys. Like, we've gotten better in some spots. So you would think that we would be better, but we're not. Nope. Sure. Part of it is that this NFL, this NFL is more tailored to scoring. And these old school defenses that allow receivers to get free releases. They just don't work as often in the NFL these days. Yeah. Example was last night. I said it during the, I said it during the chiefs game, like the last two drives they played, they played cover. They played cover one with a single high safety and they got two picks when most of when Ron Rivera would have been playing freaking prevent defense in the third quarter. Like (laughs) it's just nuts. Yeah. NFL teams. And I, I don't have it obviously in front of me, but I'm sure like the yards per attempt hasn't changed much over the last several decades, but completion percentage has gone way up, which means the yard per completion is way down. And like NFL teams are totally content just completing short passes. They used to 
like people get smarter. And I know like a lot of people say it's the rules. But I do think there's to an extent offenses are getting ahead of the defenses in terms of just being smart and and planning well cuz like defenses like ours are getting exploitable by the creativity that a lot of teams are running on offense. Yeah, I, I think the rules do have a small part in it though, because like you can you can't even hit the quarterback anymore. So yeah, you know defenders are kind of they're kind of laying back a little bit, and I, I think that's as a whole that might be like twenty percent of the problem. Um, but I, I I do agree with you, and I think that that offenses are just better now. Well, part of it like too dropping- is that they're no is that I was just gonna say they uh they there's an emphasis now on calling throwing flags on defenders for early contact, but the NFL hasn't done anything about the pick plays and you see those work all the time for offenses. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Then, yeah, they do. There's a lot of offenses do get away with a lot, get away with that a lot, but there's, but like dropping back into to soft zones used to work when every team was running like deeper routes for their pass plays and not throwing the ball to running backs because running backs are for running. Um, yeah. And now with running backs and tight ends getting so involved in passing games, it's 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 it seems to be putting too much of a strain on the way we defend and the spot dropping and stuff. And quarterbacks have gotten better. Quarterbacks are too good to just sit in a spot and wait for them to throw it and then run to it. Yep. This is arguably the best group of like quarterbacks in the NFL as a whole they've had in a long time. Ever. Oh, it's absolutely it's the, it's the best group of quarterbacks the NFL has ever had. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of good quarterbacks, of, I mean, you know, you you just went uh, like twenty five yeah. years ago, and you have guys like Vinny Testaverde, Bernie Kosar, and Doug Flutie playing quarterback. So, I mean, you know, those guys they can't compete with with guys like Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You know, you name it. Um, they it it just doesn't compare. Nope. Especially now that they you can't beat them up like they could back then either. Uh, but yeah, speaking of Cam Newton, except for Cam, you can you can beat up Cam. Yeah, that's true. You if you as long as uh, as long as you're not trying to rip his face mask off and like punch him in the face, no, you can do that too. Fine. Uh, you can do that too because I'm sure he deserved it. Yeah, that damn smirk he's got. Um. So looking at the offense, um, do, <laughs> LOL. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to get into the bad or the good first. I feel like we've been talking a lot of shit. Let's, let's talk do about the, good let's stuff. Do the good. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's do the good first. Cause there's, there's way less of it. Yeah. Um, Cam Newton, obviously, uh, had, a pretty solid passing game minus that one throw at the end of the game. But we'll talk about that later. Um, 357 yards off of 25 completions and 37 attempts, three touchdowns. Um, a lot of that went to DJ Moore too, who had another really good solid outing. He caught seven passes for 157 yards, including an average of 22.4 along with a touchdown. However, the big thing to me was that he actually got eight targets which is not bad. I mean, it was t- tied for the top with uh, Christian McCaffrey and, oh, God, Devin Funches, of course. Um, 
So, <laughs> I mean, more seems like more seems like he's uh he's starting to emerge into a guy that they can trust to be on the field like every snap for the receivers. He's pretty good. Yeah, like, and he he reminded me a lot of Steve Smith. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my little brief rundown of like what I saw rewatching the game. Um, but I felt that Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore both really showed off their route running skills and their touchdowns. Um, when DJ Moore caught the touchdown that would have been helped them to go ahead of the Lions, he worked that guy inside and just smoked him on the outside route. Like it looked a lot like a Steve Smith route, getting himself open in the end zone. And he just made Dar- he made yeah, Darius Slay look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Slay. I know Slay got beat bad by Curtis Samuel. I know for a fact that was him. Um, Curtis Samuel did something similar where he just like worked the guy inside and then just broke hard out- outside to get wide open and score another touchdown. Like those two have looked very promising against NFL caliber receivers. And I was actually expecting more to take a little longer to be having 150 yard games for this team especially the struggles they've had on offense with the big plays. Yeah, Moore looks really good. Nobody says nothing about Curtis Samuel. He got half of those yards on one play, to be fair. Yeah, he did. To be fair, he did make that play. That is true. So it still counts. He he would have scored if Funches (laughs) blocked for him down the field, too. Did you watch that? I haven't been able to see what Funches did, because I know Funches said himself that he should have blocked Slay. But it was just if he would have if he would have blocked Slay, Slay would have been slowed down enough that he wouldn't have been able to make up the ground that he made up to catch more and tackle him. Was well, he in a good that, position to block him? Because that's what I didn't see that. What what the what the criticism that was, was that what the criticism was was that he could he didn't run like he didn't finish the play essentially like he, after the the pass was completed he kind of just trotted. Where if he had like went all in to block downfield like he apparently should have on that play, he would have easily blocked him. It would have been a touchdown. But he just like you, they had like a graphic of like all the people running after DJ Moore, and Funches looked like he was jogging for a bit of it. So, yeah, poor effort play. As far as uh, rushing the ball goes, um, let's see here. I'm watching it right now. Hold on, real quick, Brian. Oh, go ahead. Um, I have it. I have it on right now, and he goes off camera. But from what I can see, so he runs a, a comeback route like DJ did. Um, DJ caught it, and him and Slay are both watching. And then when DJ broke free, Slay took off, and Funches never comes back into the picture. So, so he could have blocked I, him, and I don't yeah. know. Like Slay started in front of him, but it's hard to tell like what Funches like if he had started running that way earlier if he could have gotten in front and slowed him down. But Devin Funches was as bad of a day as he had yesterday, and as often as it looks like he doesn't put in a lot of effort, it's it's not a good look for him when uh to say, yeah, I could have probably blocked Slay on that t- and made it a touchdown. Because is it just me, or does Funches yes. does seem like he have a generally lackadaisical dip, uh, death position, disposition? He does. He does. If he focuses much time on trying to catch the damn ball as he does on blaming everybody else for his problems, we wouldn't have lost yesterday. Um, or whatever day. <laughs> he also referred um, himself in the third person, which is a big red flag. Yes, he did. You, you're not good enough to call yourself Funchess or Funch or whatever you said. You know, you can't do that yet. 
I, I don't... As far as effort goes, I feel like he was just having a really bad game and that caught up to him. Obviously, you want to see somebody like that bounce back, especially when they're supposed to be your top receiver. But I don't know if it's as... I, I wouldn't call him like the next Calvin Benjamin as far as effort goes. I just think he was had a really bad game. I mean, he dropped five passes. Like, that's that's bad. And demoralizing well, for a receiver. Nobody's Calvin Benjamin, effort-wise. But True. No, he's... <laughs> Except he, for Kelvin no, Benjamin. No, he's not, he's not that bad. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin is a whole other level of don't give a shit. But there are plays where I see Devin, he, like, he looks like he could uh, maybe throw a block and he just kind of watches. Or he's, he's always the slowest person I've ever seen getting back to huddles and just thing, things like that. <clears throat> and then that stuff doesn't typically matter a whole lot, but then when you play as poorly as he did on Sunday... That stuff gets kind of magnified a little bit. Fair or not? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah if if he if he didn't if he didn't drop five passes and scored a touchdown or caught an important first down conversion, we're not talking about him not blocking Darius like like nobody gives a shit. Correct. <clears throat> uh, is it is it? I, sorry, my voice is not very good tonight. Um, All those Devin Hutch just seems to have no middle ground. It's <laughs> sure you'll say that. Um, <laughs> there seems to be no Devin, middle ground with Devin Hutch, though. Like he seems to play well, and he's good at attacking the football and making contested catches, or he can't catch anything. Yeah, like there's there's no just like ah, Funches had an okay game. It's like oh, Funches was number one receiver. Or Funches is human garbage and needs to be cut right now. He is the perfect embodiment of the Carolina Panthers because <laughs> that's exactly what they the whole team does. They're either, hey, they could win the Super Bowl or, hey, they're going to get a top five draft pick. There's never any in between. Very true. Yeah. Maybe he's the problem. There were a couple times Which on Sunday not. that... There were a couple times on Sunday where I felt that Cam didn't make the right choice with the football. I don't think it was his fault that they lost at all. Obviously, he's the reason they even stayed in it. But I'm starting to see more of him like not taking what the defense is giving him and trying to force stuff down the field. I saw three different situations where he had a wide-open guy on third and short who could have easily caught the pass and just fallen forward for the first down. And... He instead threw it into double coverage to Curtis Samuel at one point um, or took a sack. You know, like it. I'm worried that I'm not I'm worried that the, I'm not sure if that's if that's Norv or if that's Cam, because we saw Cam doing exactly the opposite of that to begin the season where he wasn't pushing the ball, the, the ball down the field often, but it was still working for them. So, I'm yeah, curious he did to seem see. to be pressing a little bit. Yeah, he seemed to press a little bit on Sunday. Um, I don't know if it was just frustration with how the team was playing after Pittsburgh, and then struggling against a really bad Lions team. But I mean, the end result turned out okay. Yeah, even the interception he threw, Curtis Samuel. I mean, not that he should have caught it, but I think if he makes a better play on the ball, it's not intercepted. Yeah, and then the big, the big one too. Go ahead. Yeah, to right. 
No, go ahead. You, you, yeah. Sorry, I, I'm kidding. That, that, was the, that was the big talking point of this past week was why did Ron Rivera go for it? When they had the when they had the chance, and I I loved I loved the aggression there, and obviously it was it looked to me like it was the right call. I mean, Jarius Wright was the guy who was reading; he was open. Cam was able to make the throw, and he just he just flat out missed. That that's on Cam, unfortunately. Like, I don't think he should have been in that position, considering the fact that Gano missed two kicks for them, and the defense obviously sucked for yeah. the first three quarters. But I felt it was the right call. Yeah, I do too. There's a lot of nuance there because, like you, there, there's a lot to unpack here. Okay, um, if Graham Gano is a league average kicker, they don't even have to do it, like you said. Um, he shanked an extra point and he shanked a 34 yard field goal in a dome, mind you. Um, so that's four points that were left on the field. Okay, um, but because Gano is below league average. We had to go for two. And we didn't actually have to go for two. Ron could have put Gano back out there. He could have kicked the extra point or at least attempted the extra point and tried to tie the game with a minute, like a minute nine, minute 19, something like that left in the game. Um, the way I look at it, and I, I also, I loved the aggression. I loved Ron Rivera actually saying, hey, I trust you, Cam Newton, to get this two-point conversion. Um, because going up 21 to 20, you know, there's a counter argument to this that, um, our deputy assistant editor Walker shared in our Slack chat that, you know, you go for the tie because then Detroit will be conservative in that last minute and they'll play for overtime and then anything can happen. Well, to me, Detroit was kicking a field goal, no matter what. You know, we haven't stopped them all day. Uh, they have a minute on the clock. They have timeouts. They have Matthew Stafford. And they only have to get to about the 40-ish yard line because Prater is a is a good kicker. Uh, and he's in a dome and he's at home. So uh, Detroit was probably winning that game. So to me, I would rather go for it, get the extra two-point conversion, go up 21-20, and then force Detroit to go into they absolutely have to be aggressive mode because then you can force Matt Stafford into making a mistake. And the defense hasn't been playing well all day, but there anything can happen. There's a chance that Stafford throws it right into the arms of Mike Adams. You know, you never know. Um but I was glad that Ron Rivera actually did something other than settle. Uh, I do not like the play call. I thought it was a terrible play call um, because Jarius Wright, he even said this post game, he actually just improvised his route. Uh, he got cut short and he just turned around and went the other direction. He wasn't even supposed to be where he was. Um, the bootleg roll out uh, play action to Christian McCaffrey with Greg Olson wide open in the end zone play works every single time they do it. I don't know why they didn't run that play again. It would You could run it 100 times in a row, and it would work 100 times. Um, but all that being said, Cam choked. Uh, there's absolutely no excuse for him to overthrow Jarius Wright in the end zone, and there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't have had 21 points. And then – on top of all that, like, 
all that. Uh, just I like playing sports to win sports. Yeah, I do like, too. I don't want to. I don't want to play to tie. Like you don't. The goal isn't to tie. The goal is to win. Like when people got on Frank Reich for going for the fourth down against the Texans, where a guy you should have punted so you wouldn't lose. It's like no, I don't care. Like if you lose trying to win, oh well. Like that's the point of sports is to try to win, not try to like not to try to not lose. You know what I mean? Like I, you don't yeah. show up to the stadium like all right, let's go out there and not lose this game, boys. Yeah, so you, I like, you say I like let's win this game. Yeah, exactly. So I like trying to win. It, not to say we like obviously we still could have won in overtime afterwards if we had made the extra point, but you know you have a chance right in front of you to win the game. Why not try to win it right there? Because you don't know if you'll get that chance again. Yeah, exactly. And I, I firmly believe that if they do that exact same play ten more times, they get it the other nine. Like yeah. I think that was a ninety percent chance of actually scoring. And they just got the one that didn't score because Cam overthrew the ball. Like it, it wasn't a good play call. It wasn't a good play design. And there were probably three or four things they could have done that would have been better, but it was still there. And Wright was still open and Cam just overthrew him. The last. And I hope that this doesn't turn Rivera back into a conservative shell of himself. I hope this doesn't mean he'll turn into John Fox and never take another risk again. You know, I, I I even said on Twitter before they ran the play, I said, I'd love this play, this play call. I love this aggression. You know, fortune favors the bold. You play to win the game. So I hope they keep doing that. The last thing I want to say about that is there's a lot of criticism on Cam for not running. Uh, I think pe- people forget that he broke his ankle in half, it seemed like, not too long before that. Um, I have no idea how he even came back yeah. into the game. Uh, I don't blame him for not, and he hadn't run at all uh, on Sunday prior to that point. Like, yeah, he was clearly yeah, not. What was it? One carry for two yards or something and, like that? Yeah, and that was early in the game. Like after he got hurt, it was like we basically scrapped. Cam basically turned into Tom Brady. Like he he wasn't running it. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean you know none of this even is necessary if Graham Gano makes two kicks that literally every NFL kicker is paid to make. Like if Ford field was an open air stadium, I could kind of understand it because the weather was supposedly terrible. It was snow and wind and all that, but you were in a dome. Like there's, there's no wind, there's no pressure. There's no, no rain, no snow, no, none of that. Just you're 34 yards away. It's literally an extra point. Just just make it. That's all you have to do. Yep. You know, drop the ball 100%. And so did Devin Funches. Because if yeah, Devin Funches blocked Darius Slay, if, if Devin Funches, dro- if he blocked Darius Slay, Graham Gano doesn't even miss the field goal because we score a touchdown. I mean, he may have missed the extra point, but we get six points instead of zero points. Yep. And Devin Funches, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he left his hands at home, if it was nerves because he was playing in front of his hometown crowd. I, I don't know. But he picked – he had a bad day to have a bad day because he couldn't catch anything. Nope. He like, I like even one. made the joke in our Slack chat while the game was going on, they won't throw a flag for pass interference on Funches because it's an uncatchable ball. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't even matter because he's not going to catch it. 
That was a great joke. I told that joke to my dad, and he he laughed like it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> a fellow dad respect, gotta love it. <laughs> so the Seahawks. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Um, All right. So, truth be told, I don't know a whole lot about this team's defense. Um, I know they're not KJ as good Wright, as they used to be. That that I kind of figured. <laughs> um, I know Bobby Wagner's pretty good. I know KJ Wright's pretty good. Um, Frank Clark's pretty good. Um, but it doesn't seem like this defense is going to be nearly the problem that Carolina's seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, they're not Legion of Boom anymore, but they're still pretty decent. I would imagine yeah. that at worst, they're like middle of the, the pack. Yeah. So that, that could be a problem because this team has not done a great job protecting Cam Newton over the last few weeks. The Panthers do have the benefit of playing at home where they haven't been completely atrocious. Um, but they can't... They, they have this. This has. This seems like a must-win for them. Like their offense needs to show up. They need to score points. It it's an unpopular. It's an unpopular opinion. If yeah, if we don't win, we're tied with the Seahawks and are losing the tiebreaker uh, in the wild card race. Um, the division is over. The Saints are going to win it. I, I know that sucks. Everybody hates the Saints because they suck. Um, but they're going to win the division. They they haven't mathematically clinched it, but they all but have mathematically clinched it. Uh, they are far and away the best team in the in the division, and arguably far and away the best team in the NFC. So that's over. Um, so we absolutely have to win this game on Sunday. Yep. And if we don't, if we we're do. looking at potentially seven and nine or eight and eight instead of eleven and five, like we thought. And also, it sets us up because the two teams immediately outside of the playoffs right now are the Seahawks and the Cowboys, and we'll have the tiebreakers over both of them. Yes, it's so it's, it's the it's the most important game of the year. Um, the two games against New Orleans are important, just if we want to screw them up and cause them to be the number two seed or even the number three seed or something like that. But. Uh, this game is more important than any other game we're going to play all year, at least in the regular season. Yes. And it doesn't help that Seattle has the number one rushing offense in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. and they have three running backs. All three of the running backs are averaging over four and a half yards per carry, and they don't, they're not stubborn about, like, uh, Chris Carson's the number one guy, and then it's Rashad Penny, and then it's Mike Davis. It's, it's whoever's running well. We'll keep getting touches. Yep. So when one of them is bound to be playing. I said this last week, and the Lions almost did it were it not for the injury to carry on Johnson, but I feel like a team that could de- commits to running the ball against the Panthers is going to easily rush for over 150 yards against them. They're just not stopping the they run. Absolutely. Will. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely will. It's so, just a matter of which one is it going to be. Is it? Is it? This is a game where if they're gonna stop the run, if they're if there's any game where they can stop, where they they need their linebackers to show up, they need Don Terry Poe to show up, they need K1 Short to show up. It's this one. They have to get after. They have to stop the run. They have to get. They have to contain Russell Wilson, and that's very, very optimistic and probably unlikely. <laughs> I have a feeling it's gonna be a shootout. 
This is the the first game that I think I've written all season in the defensive preview that we need to stop the run. Yeah. Like, cause, yeah, like to, to our listeners, year, if John thinks we need to stop the run, then we need to stop the run. I mean, that's <laughs> I, well, like, because for most of the year we were good at stopping the run, and then this, but the Seahawks are more committed to it than anybody, and uh, we've been pretty bad the last couple of weeks. I think we we're all right against Pittsburgh, but last week we were real bad. Yep, and it doesn't help. Yeah, that either. was probably the one bright spot against Pittsburgh is that we didn't let James Conner rush for 200 yards. Yeah. It the other thing that doesn't help this team's chances either is the fact that their secondary is not at least playing in a way where like they they're going to shut down Tyler Lockett and Baldwin because they they if there if there's any game where they want they let Dante Jackson be aggressive and press lock it it's this one and if there's any game where they let james bradbury play in baldwin's face it's this one because those guys could easily blow the doors off this defense whether the rushing game is there or not like the i think they actually stack up well physically against those two but i worry that they're going to continue to give them 10 yard cushions because baldwin will eat them alive i'm very concerned about Lockett. Yeah, he's, he's very good. little. But he's very fast. He's very little. He's very fast, and he's <laughs> way better at the catch at the catch point than you would expect for someone of his size. I think I said he's he's had eight catches this year. I think of balls that went over thirty yards in the air. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, I think that's probably more than our entire team this year. Yeah, I mean, most of the long passes have come from DJ Moore, or Curtis Samuel, or Christian McCaffrey taking it to the house, not Cam flinging it down the field to them. Scary. Scary stuff. <laughs> yeah. <They're, laughs> yes. Also, their defense is surprisingly good. Yeah. Like, coming into this year, it was like, ah, oh, the Seahawks' illusion of boom is dead. The Seahawks are dead. Their defense is dead. And they're not dead. Very not dead. Do you have numbers on where they rank? Uh, in total yards, they are 11th, and in scoring, they are actually not that. Where where are they in scoring? They're eighth. Um, I think they used to be better because I remember, like hearing before, that they were near the top of the league. Um, I was gonna say they they used to be like when they had the Legion of Boom, they used to be like a top five scoring defense in the league. Yeah, and I mean. Yeah, and I'm pulling up their football. So they're bad. For, it's it's like we say Luke Keekley's bad, but literally every other team is like, no, we'll take Luke Keekley over our linebacker right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we're like, used to him being so much better. Like Luke Keekley has a game where everybody's like, what is wrong with Luke? He's terrible now. And almost every other NFL team would be like, ah, that's a good game. He, he only missed one tackle. He was around all the plays. It's pretty good. And we're like, he missed a tackle? What is wrong with him? Yeah, exactly. Luke doesn't miss tackles. Seattle, according to DVOA, is 10th on defense. So, Okay, so they're pretty much mediocre average. Yeah, they're still good. Like, I, like They're still I good. They're not this, elite anymore. Yeah, but like coming into this season, I think, and myself and I'm sure most people thought they were going to be, you know, 
like bad, bad, like how our defense is. Yeah, yeah. And we're 25th ranked defense right now. It almost uh, makes me wonder why they're five and five. Uh, they had a rough Russell start to the year. Also true. Russell Wilson's not very good. Let's take a look at their schedule and results and see why they're they're five and five. Oh, they are in the Russell same division as the Rams. Yeah, they lost to the Rams twice. Yeah, I was, they lost I, the Chargers. Was, they've already played. Yeah, they've already played the Rams twice. So that that explains two of them. They lost to the Chargers, who are very good. They lost to the Bears, who are very good. And they lost to the Broncos, who aren't that good. Shit happens. <laughs> yeah, that Shit was a road game, wasn't it? And it was, it was the a road game, and it was week one. Yeah, all sorts of wild stuff happens in week one. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that we do have going for us, maybe our... I feel like our pass rush will at least look good on Sunday, because Russell Wilson just holds the ball for eight seconds every pass play. And then he starts running around whether he needs to or not. So it looks like there's defensive linemen getting pressure. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, and then he'll he'll just heave up a prayer that looks like it's going to go out of bounds, and then Lockett will catch it for a 75 yard gain. Yeah, on he, third like, and four, he's going to like run under Julius Pepper's legs and then backflip out of like a Kawan short sack, and then he's just going to heave a ball and somehow Tyler Lockett's running wide open 60 yards down the field for a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to happen at least three times. Mm -hmm. But at least the pass rush will look good. At least the pass rush will look good. And I I don't know about you guys, but I just hope that Cam Newton remembers to wear a tie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Because in case you forgot, our our friendly Panthers fans, in case you forgot, the last time we played the Seahawks was Tygate when Derek Anderson started because – Cam Newton did not wear a tie on the team bus, and I think Derek Anderson threw a pick six on like the first play of the game. He did. It wasn't a pick six, but it was a pick. Yeah, it was a pick to Mike because he threw the ball to Mike Tolbert. Yep, it's a bad throw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean Mike Tolbert probably should have caught it, but that's you get for trying to throw it to Mike Tolbert. And that's what you get for starting your backup quarterback in an important game. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, a I want to. I want to <laughs> know what, like, how long Derek Anderson was going to be in the game had he not thrown an interception on the first play. Like, was it a one play thing or was it a one drive thing? I bet you it was a one drive thing. I don't think Ron would do a one play thing. I think you're underestimating Ron Rivera. No, that is true. <laughs> I mean, to bench a player for not wearing a tie on the team bus or team plane or whatever when it's the second game of a of a literal road trip where we didn't even come home in the in the week between the game, it's just like, eh, we'll let it slide because it's an unusual situation. Because you're Cam Newton. Yeah. yeah. Or anybody. Who cares? Nobody even sees them when they wear their ties on the team plane. The team does, though. And he's got to set a good example. And I mean, but we know Cam's a bad leader. For one so. thing, you know, I, I get it that Ron wants to establish a, a professional in, environment, but I, I, you know, I would understand it if Cam showed up in like sweatpants and a t-shirt. But I mean, I'm sure he was dressed nice. He just didn't have on a tie. Yeah, I thought he wore like a turtleneck and a sport coat or something. 
that yeah, he wore a turtleneck and a sport coat. That's that's professional. I mean, at least it wasn't a dicky. Like you know, it could have been worse. <laughs> but what what, what do you guys? Uh, are you guys down on the Panthers this week because of the last few weeks, or does being at absolutely? Home, well, the other thing that scares me, like, go ahead, Brian. What scares me is I was watch, I was going through the games they played, and they didn't lose by a lot to the Rams both times, and they did beat the Lions. Most of their they, most of their losses have been very close. Like they haven't been beaten badly, like the Panthers have, at least once this year. Um. I think that the fact that they were able to hang with a team like the Rams, who is probably in the conversation with the top three teams in the NFL right now, top to bottom, that's that's kind of scary because it means that they know they can show up and they they showed up against teams away as well, where like Caroline always plays better at home. But it concerns me that this team hasn't had a game where like a team came in and punched them in the mouth and beat them badly when they're not as talented as they used to be. Yeah. So I'm I mean, down. They, won, yeah. Uh, they lost, they've lost two or three. They beat the Packers last week. They did get down pretty good to the Packers. I'm pretty sure came back. No other way. No, they didn't. I got that wrong. But yeah, they were down 14 to three in the first quarter. So they, uh, they've shown they can bounce back if the Panthers jump out and the Packers aren't terrible. Yeah, I mean, to me, the the Seahawks are a five and five team that probably should be seven and three or even eight and two. The Panthers are a six and four team who should be four and six or even three and seven. Um, I know people hate my opinion, but we we depended on a sixty three yard field goal from Graham Gano to beat the Giants. They've they've won what two games three. so far? They're on a three. Streak. Okay. Well, Maybe the oh, 49ers in the okay. bucket. Yeah, 49ers and Buccaneers. Huh. Making that last second win that we shouldn't have had to steal look even better. Uh, but we should have lost that game because you can't depend on 63-yard field goals all the time to steal wins from the jaws of defeat. Uh, I know they still won. I see that. I, I watched the game. Um, but process over results. The process was bad. They should have lost. Uh, they lost to a bad Washington team. To be fair, Washington will look worse than it did at the time because Alex Smith, Joe Theismann, his leg on Sunday, um, and they're about to get really bad. But we should have won that game because we allegedly were a better team. Philadelphia choked in the fourth quarter. There's no reason we had any business winning that game. Yes, we did, but that was more of Doug Peterson turning into Ron Rivera than the Panthers doing anything special. Um, we know what happened to um, to us when we played Pittsburgh. We were outclassed and outnumbered by a much better team, and we just lost to the Lions. So. Also- I just wanted to one one thing. The Eagles are bad. The Eagles are the Eagles bad. are bad. The Eagles <laughs> are bad. They are not the Super Bowl winning team that we saw last year. They are a bad team. It's because they, they're not starting Nick Foles. But well, um, they barely beat the Falcons. League in week MVP one. Nick Foles. They barely beat the Falcons in Week One. They need a late touchdown to win that. They barely beat the Colts in Week Three after losing to the Buccaneers. Needed a late touchdown to win that, and I think the Colts almost scored to win it. Uh, beat the Giants, good job, and beat 
barely beat the Jaguars, who are also real bad. And then they lost by 41 points to the Saints. And what kind of team loses a game that bad, right? Yeah, exactly. Nobody. Um, but yeah, I'm not very confident that the Panthers are going to beat the Seahawks, despite the fact that this is a probably um, the game that will decide who wins one of the two wild card spots in the NFC. It's a uh, playoff game. I believe it's a playoff game. I mean, that's it, as much of a playoff game as it, you can have in Week 12. Um, I think, you know, looking ahead, I think we've got at least two wins on the schedule. I think we're good enough to beat the Buccaneers, and I think we're good enough to beat the Browns, although it being in Cleveland in December kind of worries me because there's no telling how dog shit the weather's going to be, and literally anything can happen. So I think we could also lose that game, and I think we can beat Atlanta at home because I think Atlanta has given up. Um, but I don't think we're going to beat the Saints, so that's two losses. So, like we said earlier, this is our playoff game. This is our Super Bowl. This is it. Um, and because of that, we're going to come out and we're going to look like we don't belong on the same field. Well, because well, well, that's well. what happens every single time. We're going to show up and we're going to score that's on the first do. drive. We're going to score on the first drive and look really crisp and then drop the ball from there. Yep. If the Panthers we'll get, score we'll, on the we'll, first drive, we'll we're jump in out to a seven nothing lead, and yeah, we'll jump out to a seven nothing lead, and then we'll lose thirty one to ten. Yep. That's our brand. That is our brand. If the Panthers score yeah. on the first drive, you, they are in trouble. You can hate me. You can call me a hater. You can think I'm stupid. You can call for me to be fired. You can do any damn thing you want, and I will stick my thumbs in my ear and say la 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 la. Also, John and I can't fire him, so that's part of it. Mm-hmm. That is true. The big part, <clears throat> main part. Deep down, you know I'm right, listener. So with that, oh, do we want to do our score prediction? Guess who I'm going to pick in this game. <laughs> I bet I can guess who you're going to pick, John. Go ahead, John. Tell us. You think I'm going gonna... I'm to pick the Panthers, believe it or not. Yep. What's I'm the gonna, final score? We'll go with... Uh... 24 to 19. That, what am I thinking? 24-21. We're not going to we're not going to force field goals. They're going to score touchdowns when they get close. 24-21. Yeah. Brad, what's your score prediction? Seahawks 31, Panthers 10. Thanks. Oh god, that's a that's a that's a bad. They're going to run for 250 yards. Um, we, we can't tackle and they are, they're very good at running the ball. Um, Russell Wilson is very good at maneuvering out of a clear cut sack. Like the, the referees refuse to blow the whistle when they would for any other quarterback. Um, and he's going to find Tyler Lockett down the field for a touchdown. That shouldn't be a touchdown. I'm going with 20. And this will be after we go up 10, nothing, by the way, we're going (laughs) to blow a 10, nothing lead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck 31 straight points too jesus um <laughs> 20 21 to 16 seahawks for me i think the panthers will show up for a bit but they just haven't shown enough consistency for me to think that they're going to beat a team like seattle that actually has a very realistic chance of going to the playoffs and potentially beating a good team 
So yeah, that's my prediction is I think Seattle will beat them. So right now, Carol. Yeah, I mean, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least for us to come out and blow the doors off of them and win and then beat Tampa and then beat Cleveland and then lose out and finish nine and seven and not make the playoffs. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. Vegas has the Panthers as three and a half point favorites. So they're a and half point favorite because they're the home team. Well, they're half. Yeah, well, they're, I guess they're a half point better than they have home field advantage. Um, and the overrunner is 47 and a half. So that makes the score 25 and a half to 22. Would be the, the score to add up to that. And ESPN's whatever it's called. Matchup predictor thing has the Panthers at a 60% chance of winning. So Panthers win. Put it in the books. <laughs> All that adds up to us looking like ass <laughs> and getting beat. I mean, to be, that's to the be, way we, that's our brand. That's what we do. To be fair, that's pretty much what it was when we played the Buccaneers and we beat them. So we, we, we have yeah, one. But the Buccaneers are terrible. Uh, yeah. But we did that. Offense, just no. saying, there is, that would just say there is there has been a week where we did what we were supposed to do. There have been a few. <laughs> you know, maybe Torrey Smith will come back. They've had a lot more wins when he's on when he's on the field. Just saying. Did he get hurt in the Eagles game? Yeah, he got hurt in the Eagles now, game. Four and two when he plays, two and two when he doesn't. Hmm. Yep. Maybe maybe Curtis Samuel is bad. Take that, you people saying that he's not worth $5 million. I'll take my two extra wins, God damn it! <laughs> that, that opinion is still out there, too. And it, it, I don't understand it. It's $5 million. I mean, it's not like we're paying him $19 million. It's not like we're giving him Antonio Brown money or OBJ money. It's $5 million. And, you know, another thing is it's not your money. Like, you don't have to pay him. Like, it you don't get charged. Your debit card doesn't get charged every month. Like just enjoy it. Let the man play. He's a veteran. It's also, it's also, we don't win. The Eagles game. It's not, it's absolutely not. It's not keeping us from doing a damn thing. And we don't win the Eagles game without Torrey Smith. We don't yeah. like to me, the contract's worth talking about when it's off season time and you're talking about, and we're pointlessly discussing roster moves. Um, talking about his contract, we're talking about how the game is going. Makes no sense to me. It's not like we get like he scores a touchdown and they do some math and it's like that. Your uh, points per dollar is four, since you're so expensive. You deducted two points for uh, value. It, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, does not. And even if the Panthers cut it, let's say like if if they cut him tomorrow, he still gets paid. Like. He still gets those five million dollars. Like he, they, he doesn't give it back. I mean, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yep. Why are you hating on a guy trying to just make money? I mean, <clears throat> let him, let him secure the bag. You, you just let him do it. Yep. I mean, he's a free agent, and this is the last year of his deal. It's not like we're going to sign him. I better not say this out loud, but it's <laughs> not like we're going to sign him to a five-year, $50 million contract. God damn it. Breaking news. Carolina Panthers extend Torrey Smith five years, $65 million. <laughs> General Manager Marty Herney says this is a great move for both the player and the franchise. He's an important part to our offensive game plan. 
Meanwhile, Curtis Samuel is asked to be traded. It is kind of insane that Curtis Samuel played 15 snaps and got targeted seven times. Don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, the counter argument to that is if he plays 25 snaps, he probably still only gets targeted seven times. Yeah, true. It's okay, though. However, however, he should play 25 snaps and get targeted 12 times. Good things happen when you throw the ball to Curtis Samuel. Good things happen when you throw the ball to Curtis freaking Samuel. Yep. Despite what John says. Yeah. Don't care how bad you think he is, John. Good things happen when they throw him the ball. He scores every four times he touches the ball. Yes. Every four. That is pretty good. That's literally Hall of Fame production. Yeah, put that in your math pipe and smoke it. Plus, he also has the correct opinion about hot dogs not being sandwiches. Trade him. Had to go there. Um, so yeah, we got anything else about this game? Or are we just gonna kind of enjoy our Thanksgiving and uh, hope that we don't get sick watching the Panthers play? That part, that thing, yeah, that that that, that part. I mean, you know, people probably think I don't like the Panthers or that I hate them, but I don't hate them. I just yes, you do. I just don't think they're very good. <laughs> I don't want them to be bad. I would like to see them win because I know that makes people happy, you know, and I want people to be happy, but do you though? I just don't think they're going to win. Yes. <laughs> okay. Except for you. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, um, yeah, I mean, we're not here to sit here and tell people how good the Panthers are all the time. We're here to tell you how like it is and how we see it. And I think for the most part, we've done a good job of that. We've called allegedly. Uh, we 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 got them to sign Eric Reed, so they they listen to us. We're Absolutely. very objective here. Um. So what I what what are we thankful for as Panthers fans? Because I'm thankful for Eric Reed, and I'm thankful that they signed him because that made us look so good. <laughs> By us, you mean like us as a show, right? Like yes. you're just you're just thinking about that selfishly. No, as as a show, I said that's why I said we because we all we all contributed <laughs> well, to that. But we, we we use like the royal we when we talk about the Panthers a lot. You I don't. About, I don't use the, the word we, but you guys do. But maybe you should, like no. a true fan. That's no, that's not how you analyze a team. If I say we suck, that doesn't sound like I'm analyzing anything. It just makes me sound like I'm angry. Even though we do suck. Well, you are angry. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> from all of us here at the CSR, <laughs> from all of us from here at the CSR podcast, keep sounding. This is Brian, John, and Brad wishing you a very happy Thanksgiving. Don't go kill anybody on Black Friday. And hopefully, we have a game we can actually enjoy this week. It's been several weeks, at least three, since we could have enjoyed good football. Let's just let's just see a Panthers win for once. Kick off December the right way. See you guys. Later. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff. And he scores. 
Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown. Oh, the Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass for Caffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keating. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know. It's a road win in New England. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.